Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I get to speak with Theo today, who goes by the name Entheo when he releases music. He released a track that I am in love with called Present Moment that I highly encourage y'all to go listen to, but not before you listen to this episode because it's really cool. And I had such an amazing epiphany at the end with something that he said. This is this this one is full of a lot of really great little nuggets. So I hope you enjoy. Um, Entheo means spirit within, and Theo is here to create music that supports and reflects on the modern day human's experience of awakening, healing, and integration. Theo has been writing, recording, and producing ambient, down-tempo, and acoustic music for over a decade now, and is just now emerging from a cocoon of transformation. Oh, he talks about this on the episode. This is a very cool uh, transformation story. Ready to serve the good of the whole in a bigger way. And also, he has released a collaboration with Eliza Ray today. Happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way, to everyone. Um, called Prayer of the Spheres. So you can listen to that wherever music is streamed and sold. All right, well, let's get into this. Here we go. Yeah, it's good to be here. I love how I get to travel to your studio. So we are <laughs> watching this on YouTube. We are in um, Theo's studio. So that's that's awesome. Well, we're in my studio as well, but yeah. in your studio. <laughs> yes, welcome and thank you for having me in your studio. Yeah, these little creation stations where we get to explore our creativity and, you know, make music that would typically have costed, you know, thousands of dollars mm -hmm. to rent a studio mm -hmm. 10 or even 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, super blessed to be able to do these things. Mm -hmm. Gosh, this reminds me of this. So I was, I was listening to this podcast on air travel and mm -hmm. it's a Freakonomics one. They're doing like a three-part series right now. And it really made me keenly aware of how many things I do not appreciate about flying. And you just oh made me like, you, you, made, you just brought like a little like sort of highlight to like, you know, what you can appreciate about your recording studio right now. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny you say that. I just traveled to Bali and the flights are just like insane. There's like a 14 hour and then a seven hour and then a two hour, at least the, the way that I went. And, but to get across the Pacific is just. The fact that you can actually do that. <laughs> it doesn't take you like a year by ship, you know? Yeah. It is it's totally amazing. Yeah. Watch movies the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and have like good entertainment. Um, what were you in Bali for? I went for a friend's birthday party. He decided to, he wanted, he <laughs> loves Bali so much. He just wanted to share it with everyone that was close to him. And so he invited us all. That's and I jumped on it because I'd never been. Idea. Yeah, it's an amazing place. Was that your first time there? Yes. Yeah. That's incredible. I haven't been to Bali either. I mean, that's a cool place for our kind of music as well. Like they are really into um, kirtan and conscious music and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw Yaima there um, right at the tail end. They were about to play a show and I got to see them and just say hi real quick right before I was hopping on my flight. So it was really nice. Them? Or did you know them? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we started 
we would do shows with them back uh, in 2012, just as they were sort of getting going. And me and my wife had a group. We were more of a collaborative um, project. And we would open up for them and play a lot of shows together and hang out and make music together. And it was a lot of fun. Oh, wow, cool. Is yeah. that stuff that you have under Entheo or do, do you have recordings from that or? Yeah, the, our first album, Involution, was right around that time where we had some, I think me and Moss had a, a, a few projects we were like considering collaborating on, but um, they none of them ever took off. And I think we just, we were just sort of producing side by side and learning to produce at the same time and sharing notes and samples and, you know, just figuring it out together. Oh, wow. Moss. Yeah, we had a similar kind of aesthetic. Moss is the, yeah. The man in the group Inyaima. who's the, Yin Yaima. Yeah. Yeah. He's the producer and kind of behind the scenes, but like such a magical musical genius and such a humble, beautiful man. I really, really love him. Oh, neat. Well, maybe you can connect me because I would love to, I would love to have sure. a podcast. I listen to their yeah. music, but I don't know them personally. Yeah. I'd love to. So, Bali birthday party. <laughs> and in mm -hmm. the middle of this, or, after this, you released your single? Yes, I, I believe just like right when I got back last Friday, I released my first single on Beautiful Way Records. And it's a song that I wrote in Peru um, back in like January 2021. I went down to Peru for a 30 day uh, retreat at the Paititi Institute. And um, it's called the, um, uh, what was it called? Something True Nature Retreat. And so that that line found its way into the song. And yeah, it was, it was a beautiful journey. And that song was the, I wrote many songs when I was down there, but, but that was the one that came back with me. And so it's, and it marked a really big turning in my journey as a, just a human, but also an artist, because it was such a, it was such a deep time. I was really in a lot of shadow and really caught in a lot of polarization and, and the, the medicine work that I did and the dream work and at, at Paititi, they work with San Pedro, ayahuasca, dream work and breath work. And all four combined makes it really hard for you to hide from Do you your mean simultaneously or? No. No, so like one day, <laughs> here you go. Oh my Lord. <laughs> but yeah, it makes it really hard to like, sort of have anything stay hidden. Like while where he was talking about how if you work with just one, you can still kind of hide from yourself and, mm. and wiggle out of looking at certain things that were, you know, conditioned to avoid or mm. would be hard or painful to look at. So, um, really good and I came back and sort of began this this journey towards sobriety and towards like really letting go of some lifelong um, habits and patterns and undermining you know ways of living mm. so that's and that song was really kind of pivotal it's very simple it's just about being in the present 
moment, but um, for me and my journey, it really marked a major turning point. It is. It's deceivingly simple. It has like <laughs> this like drive to the song. I mean, it's not just like one thing over and over again, though. Like there's, mm -hmm. a, there's like it feels very pop song in that way. It's like, there's, mm -hmm. like you know, there's like a hook. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend over today and she was like, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but it kind of reminds me of like a Justin Timberlake, like spiritual mm -hmm. pop song. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's interesting <laughs> that you say that. Yes. When your voice came in at the chorus that, yeah, I wouldn't have said that, but I, I totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get and that for, sometimes. For everybody and... that's, that's listening and who doesn't know the title of this single mm. yet, I don't think we've said it. So present moment. I hear these songs, I'm not going to name them because even naming them can like, ooh, like plant that seed. And then it's like, for my musical brain, it's so frustrating when I get a song stuck in my head that is just so like, not good to repeat over and over. <laughs> and, and actually like either it annoys me or it's just, you know, either disempowering or, um, just not something I want to think about. Mm. So I thought, well, on the flip of that, if you create a catchy song with something really positive that improves your life, that is a healthy habit, like that's even using that same um, tendency or like the same power of music and rhythm and, and melody to like implant something that's empowering. Mm. I like that. For sure, that's that's the that's the dream. Mm -hmm. I like that implant something empowering. Um, so I'm really I'm curious about this retreat. Um, if you feel like talking about it more, that's, oh, what, that's what it's called: cool. embodying true nature retreat. Oh, okay. <laughs> we 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 got there. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, what are, you, what are you curious about? Well, I'm curious what sort of like things were you hiding from yourself if you want to share? Mm, ooh, good question. Well, one of the things that kind of like just hammered me right away was um, the ongoing self-criticism of and, and disempowering story that I'm weak and sort of powerless. And so the way that that was brought up to the surface is the hike in is like no joke. It's like seven or eight miles. Most of that is downhill and it's down this like huge mountainside in the Andes. And um, you're just going back and forth, switch back, back, back and constantly going down. And by about mile and four or five, your luggage, I'm assuming with a big backpack. And that was the problem. I underestimated the mountain and I overestimated my physical strength. And so what happened was basically my, my legs, the, the muscles that climbed downwards, um, basically went into failure. Like they stopped working <laughs> and I felt kind of like a toddler like learning to walk have you ever seen like a one-year-old yeah. learning to walk and they're wobbly I've, and i've had two one-year-olds yeah right <laughs> so you've seen the whole process <laughs> and uh 
yeah, it was like, it was really difficult. I had such a hard time asking for help with my backpack. But at that point I was like destroyed. And I was like, and someone came out, this happens all the time, you know? So uh, someone helped me with my backpack and I sort of hobbled (laughs) into the camp and then just collapsed. Yeah, And it was just like, so rough. And then we had ceremony um, either the next day or two days later, but it was really soon after arriving. Uh, so we had an ayahuasca ceremony and the whole time it was more of the same sort of bringing up this pattern because I felt like I failed. I felt like I was weak. I was like really hard on myself. I felt ashamed. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have been able to do it. I didn't prepare more. And then um, ayahuasca is showing me this part of myself, this like drill sergeant that's like, because I had to like purge out both ends and I, I kept getting up and trying to like find my way to like the bathroom and, but it wouldn't come out. So I'm just getting up and going and then nothing's coming and I'm going back and I'm like, and then every time it was a failure, you know, it was like, what's wrong with you? And it was drill sergeant kind of like intensity, like swearing at me, calling me names. And I'm just like sitting there like in the intensity of this. And she's like, this is how you are with yourself. When you say she, ayahuasca? Ayahuasca, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so there was like this sort of intense, like painful part of my mind. But then behind that was like this loving, like, you need to look at this. Like, this is how you are with yourself, you know? And so it kept going all night and I just left with this even greater feeling of like, oh, I screwed it up. Like I didn't do it right. I didn't purge. I didn't do, you know, I didn't sing, you know, I didn't do anything really. And well, they invite people to sing um, or they invite you to invite yourself to sing, but nobody invited me to sing. And I just like was too shy or just like didn't have the strength to like, this is like um, while you are in the ceremony. In the cer- okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just left feeling like it was a failure again. Oh, interesting. And we, we go to sleep and then wake up and everyone's sharing their experience and the, in the integration circle. And um, that was when my healing came. And it was the person right before me who shared, just brought in this real, like, vulnerable sort of tenderness and just just her sharing sort of like started to crack open that really hard, like critical judgmental shell. And I started to like sort of well up right as she was talking. And then of course we go out to break after them and I'm just like cracking wide open on this mountainside looking out at the Peruvian uh, jungle it was just so beautiful and feeling like this the mother this like tender unconditional love of the mother and then I go back in and and you know my share was just like mostly crying <laughs> and um and just telling and sharing about my experience and my teacher Roman said that uh some tribes will formulate initiations for young 
young people so that they can't succeed. So they'll they'll make it so hard that they can't actually do it. And because the purpose of it yeah. is for them to fail, but then come back to the tribe and know that they're loved and accepted still. They, it wasn't about succeeding at the thing. It was about knowing a part of the tribe. And that was the sense that I had was like, even though all that, even though I didn't do any of it right, I was still being loved and accepted by this group of strangers, really. Right. So. Well, when you said the guy took your backpack, that's why I laughed. They, they took your backpack and said this mm -hmm. happens all the time. I'm like, well, should there have been an email then? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so was there was set up? Oh, there was. There was. <laughs> and they said, try to pack light. Oh, okay. And I tried, but I still <laughs> pack too much. Well, that's really that's really interesting. What? Do you do you know where that comes from? Is that just like you think that that's just sort of like downloaded male like expectations or something? A lot of it was, felt like yeah. Western male material. Yeah. Where it's like you're supposed to be strong. You're not supposed to ask for help. You're, you know. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to walk <laughs> yourself. <laughs> right. I mean, interestingly, I feel like that actually infects almost everybody like i can't think yeah of a lot of tough women up you know ask for help you know because that's a sign right. of weakness yeah so that was one of the bigger bigger teachings and then there was a lot that was ayahuasca just like sort of i could feel her like defragging my brain like of all these like viruses that i had been indulging in on facebook and the fight and the polarity and just all this like what i i think are like entities that like that compel us to you know to get on there and to fight or to do whatever it is that that brings that addictive sort of dopamine hit mm -hmm. and i feel like it was just pulling things out of me because when i got back i had no desire to go on Facebook for, and I haven't since and I use it just for my business. Now I don't really yeah. go on and, you know, engage in much conversation because it doesn't feel generative or really beneficial, but yeah. for some people, it's, you know, yeah, yeah. like, you know, Twitter feels, I've, I don't ever go on Twitter. That's why I don't ever go on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> it feels like the battleground, the battleground, right. but, um, so what what kind of like got you to that place where you were like i want to go to the peruvian jungle and defrag my brain <laughs> yeah well i think um my partner is, was very instrumental in in that i think she talked with my best friend and was like theo need like they knew they saw me i was lost i was i was wrapped up in addictions I was, you know, on Facebook, I wasn't, I was doing music, but I wasn't, I wasn't engaged in a sense of purposeful and meaningful creative work. Hmm. It was sort of like on the side. And then I, and I was using alcohol and cannabis and other things to like fuel my creativity. So it was a very confused and um, sort of destructive time where I was just barely hanging on and she could see that. 
so she conspired with my my friend and was like we should get theo to paititi because he had gone to paititi twice and we had both seen the transformation before and after both times and he came back and was like whoa that's a different person so we knew it was effective and uh and so when they suggested that i was like let's do it i know i need something big for this and uh we made it happen so I, I feel really lucky and blessed to have not just people around me who can you know push me into into something like that but also the means and the and the way to get there so yeah. it's a blessing back to airplane travel <laughs> yeah how long was that whole experience it was like 30 days and then a day on either end of or like five days on either end of travel because you have to fly into Cusco, then you have to drive to PSAC and then you have to stay in PSAC where everyone gathers, which is a sweet, cute little town where like the Peruvian culture is just so like you're in these, uh, the sacred Valley. So you're surrounded by these beautiful green mountains and the culture is like intact. You know, they have their traditions intact and their their families and their, their way of life is just so wholesome and rich. And it's just really just getting there was like impactful <laughs> to come from America and like the, the mess that that things were at that point. And yeah, so um, you have to get to PSAC and then you drive hours through the mountains to get to Paititi and these guys are driving these buses you know flying around corners that like one wrong turn and you're off the edge of a mountain and you're basically dead so it was it's, like two lanes but not really <laughs> yeah like one and a half lanes yeah. and someone can come around the corner at any point and gotta yeah. jostle yeah i've been on that road in costa rica i think <laughs> uh -huh. yeah a long road that goes through many countries i find those i find those things really amazing though because i think in the united states we're used to things needing to be so perfect in order to function and so many people around the world are very comfortable with things not needing to look so perfect but working really perfectly yeah like, yeah he didn't drive off the road no probably doesn't you know probably still hasn't <laughs> yeah. i know it's amazing and in bali there's like i think i saw two sets of traffic lights <laughs> the whole time i mean i wasn't paying all that much attention but there was barely any compared to here and you know they're just going it's like oh are you going or am i going and they don't honk at each other unless it's to say like hey i'm here don't don't come don't move just stay yeah. Yeah. it's not like aggro like hey you just cut me off like it's it's really different and it's pure chaos but it works because people are actually paying attention they're not like focused or dependent on you know the the lights and the rules to like guide their their driving they're just like who's next okay you go yeah, I noticed that when I was 
Yeah, I noticed that when I was driving in in Mexico, it was there was like mm -hmm. tuition that was part of the driving that I wasn't used to that made me nervous at first. But yeah, I, like then you get into it and it's it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you probably could function with a lot less control yeah. measures. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, but you got back from this thing, from this trip a while ago with the song, yeah? Or or was it, how, how long ago was it? It was like 2021. Okay. I spent Christmas and New Year's there and I got back in January, 2021. And, okay. Um, okay, so, I mean, it's been like two years since you wrote the song. So like, why now? Like what, what fuel mm -hmm. like we must record it? Cause I know you, Mikey already talked about this, like from his angle. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause we, we did. He was just on recently. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you the story up until sharing it with Mikey, because I, I wrote it on the Charango. I didn't bring my guitar down cause it was just too, too big. Charango is a 12 string instrument. It's not here in my studio or I'll just show it to you, but it has a very small body, um, sort of like that big. And it's traditionally made out of, uh, the body of an armadillo, oh, but they don't do that anymore because they're endangered, I think. So they, yeah, it's a small instrument that has a very bright kind of timbre because it's a small body and these short strings. But because there's 12 of them, it's this really rich sound. And uh, it was the only instrument I had in my little hut. So I was figuring out chords and learning how to play it. And I figured out three or four. And um, one day that song just sort of came through. I don't exactly know how, but I have the recording on my phone of the original um, moment when it came through and you can hear like the jungle in the background and, and um, yeah, it was a beautiful moment. And I wrote a bunch of songs when I was down there, but that was the only one that really kind of stuck and came back. And so when I got back, I recorded it and started to produce it. I produced one version that was a little even more electronic and poppy and and i sort of worked with it over the last couple years and then when mikey heard it um i sort of reworked it to make it even more stripped down and less of like synths and and uh like there was a drop i think i had like an electronic drop in the first one i think i'm gonna remix it and put out another version um but yeah, that typically happens with a lot of my music is I carry it for a long time and I produce it in a bunch of different ways. And I haven't actually released any song songs um, under Entheo since maybe 2013, but those were very electronic driven, like they have a chorus and then an electronic drop. There's not like songs with verses, like talking about a message or, or anything like that. So this is the marks the beginning of sort of a whole new chapter of a lot of music that I that I have that I almost lost because I lost a hard drive on my way back from Bali. I was like so dazed and confused from the long flight that I left a, a bag with a hard drive. 
um, on an airplane and I still haven't got it back, which is a huge bummer. But um, thankfully I backed up my music and before I went. So I have all these songs, some of them I've been working on for 10 years and I'm gonna be releasing a steady stream one a month probably for the rest of this year. So it feels really good to be like letting these songs out and sharing them. Do you mm -hmm. release all of them under Beautiful Way Records or? We're doing three and I typically don't work with labels, but I, I felt aligned with Mikey and Beautiful Way. And it feels good to be releasing with someone else because I'm sure you know, as like an independent artist, it can be a lonely journey and like, you know, you're doing it yourself. You're doing all the music and then all the marketing and promotion. And, you know, it's nice to have someone to bounce ideas off. And hopefully it means that the music is reaching a wider audience than it would if it was just me. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's kind of an experiment. I'm just trying it out and seeing how it goes. And there's some songs that are just a little too electronic and poppy for Beautiful Way. So I'm going to be releasing those either on my own or if I can find a label that um, vibes with it, then I'll do that. But I'll probably just do it myself. Yeah, I like I like releasing things independently. I totally get the the uh, desire to have like sort of a community involvement, too. That's really an exciting. Um, yeah, an exciting proposition. So your your title, your name, like your artist name is Entheo. Yeah. Yeah. Did you choose that moniker like after this entheogenic experience? Is I chose that back in 2012. Um, my friend Elijah helped me come up with it. Um, we were playing with with names. I was like, I think I was going by Theo something back then as like a solo acoustic artist, but then I was getting into ambient music and we were working with Plant Spirits and different, like this was back, you know, in my late twenties and in the festival community and like much, like I'm a dad now and a family man, but back then it was like psychedelics were a big part of our life and journey and creativity and exploration. and um they still are to some degree but like not as much as back then but entheo actually means spirit within and entheogen means to generate god within to generate so it's it's that's what they're for is to generate an experience of god and um reading a really cool book called the key to immortality or the immortal key or something and he talks about um, how entheogens were discovered, how um, LSD was actually um, a beer, like it was the, the more organic, like DIY form of LSD was fermented in a beer. So it was like you wow. were drinking beer and LSD. Like, and that was sort of, this is like pre Christ. This is like. Oh, okay, okay. This is not Timothy Leary's no okay no this is so, like way back before christ a, a chemical that the chemical compound that was discovered in a lab it is that yeah the the modern day version but there's also 
a way to ferment it in in like a drink like an alcoholic drink which they they um yeah in this book he he it's he goes into like the deep history of um how entheogens were used in the church by uh pagan cults and you know tribes to have an ex a direct experience with god and then when the christian church um basically made their version of the bible for political control and influence they're like we need to get this this psychedelic stuff out of there because that's actually connecting people to god so they and they're like we want to be the only way we want to be basically the mediator between people the, the community and god and so then it just became words on paper and and people weren't able to have that direct experience with god anymore and so you know uh, there's also another book called stealing fire where they talk about it where you know part of our generation in this time is like we're reclaiming that access that direct access like we're the generation who's like you know leaving i grew up going to church and christian faith and and thinking like i had to go to church to like experience the thing and be a good boy but then i was <laughs> off of my own direction when i hit teenage rebellion so mm -hmm. that didn't last too long but i yeah when i found substances that gave me an experience of god i was like oh wow this is this is something else yeah. and i think a lot of people have had that experience and and uh realized that sort of ineffable experience of being connected to the oneness the create the magic and miracle of creation in a way that just like you can't really describe it but music can come close you know music can especially singing together at festivals dancing we're breath work we're discovering all these entheogens that aren't substances they're practices and i think we're figuring out how we can continue building that bridge that was severed over the last you know, thousands of years, and we're rebuilding it and discovering something completely new in the process. Yeah. Well, and I think to come back to what you were talking about during your ayahuasca ceremony is like so much of it in my mind has to do with just releasing thought patterns that are completely mm. bogus and, you know, yeah, you're already can I mean, you are divinely connected to God, there is no there is no yeah. reason why you should not in this moment be connected to God, but like we have so many beliefs that prevent us from realizing that in, you know, in each moment. So, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. when you're raised in Christianity, which I was not, I always envied people actually who were because it seemed like such a cool community, but I, you know, I didn't mm. experience the shadow side of it because it was always like, oh, look at all these, they, my, like my Christian friends always have friends wherever they go because they just joined another yeah. church, you know, and I moved around <laughs> a lot and we didn't have like, a built-in uh, friend community. Um, right. But one of the things that I feel like is, you know, that I've heard from people who have grown up in it is like, and I can imagine just coming from that, um, uh, that worldview of like, I mean, you're 
bad to begin with. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Flawed about you. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, like that's, yeah. that's, that is a pretty, um, whoo, that's a lot. That's a lot to share. Yeah. But you can be saved. <laughs> but it kind of reminds me of the Buddha's like four noble truths. The first truth is that there is suffering. Hmm. That's like, I always read every Christian teaching I grew up with, whether it's Christ equaling Christ consciousness or sin equaling miss the mark i always retranslate it mm. and reframe it in a way that's that, that makes more of an empowering understanding for me and my experience of it and that's what original sin sort of translates to me as is like there's suffering like you're born we're all born into a life of suffering mm. step one accept that but there is a there is a savior yeah. <laughs> and his name is jesus christ <laughs> but yeah, different different ways to different paths to liberation and i mean i still sometimes i'll put on christian worship music because it carries such a vibe mm. you know it's just like that that reverence and that spirit of worship of and I'll just filter out the, um, all the, uh, the songs or the lyrics that are like, I need you. I'm broken. I'm nothing without you, which, you know, I get, but I just don't really fully subscribe to that. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite artists is, is Sarah Groves who, who has the coolest Christmas album. I love Christmas. Yeah. I like love all the Jesus songs and everything. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, there's a similar, there's a similar vibe in just like standard love songs too, you know? Right. Yeah, which is like, everything is, is true, has a, a truth to it in its own sort of dimension. And that like heartbreak, the longing for the other, for the beloved is like very, very real. And, and then there's also you know, songs of like self-empowerment, like I don't need nobody <laughs> and I can, do this. I can do this on my own. And it's just music and, and lyrics. Like we get to tap into the, that feeling of, of that. And Lizzo comes to mind, like mm -hmm. such an empowered, like beautiful, sweetheart but she's such a powerhouse i don't know if you've seen her instagram yeah yeah i saw her for the first time live at the grammys like three or four oh, nice. years ago yeah yeah my son was like an enamored it's like wow. yeah yeah <laughs> talk about like revolutionary yeah. art and yeah. artists you have you have the the um experience of being on the production side and also on the mm. artist side mm -hmm. yeah do you have like a is there a different experience in terms of that in terms of that like connection when you are producing something as opposed to like when you're writing something or recording something or mm. connection with with like who you are yes yeah and I was just listening to this great book again. It's called The Music Lesson 
uh, by Victor Wooten. There's just, I love books and like, and learning just so many different streams of wisdom. And this like, he, it's such a creative audiobook specifically because he brings in this other character, this sort of stage guru who teaches him about music. Hmm. And he talks about like instruments as like, we put like this power in the instrument. Like I used to need my guitar in order to feel like I could sing because I learned to sing with my guitar and I felt kind of like chained to it. Um, but then learning to like improv sing and sort of open myself up and then finding how vast like the world of production is to express myself. It's sort of just blew all the it just blew it wide open because there's so many instruments in one box like synths and and i could and i realized what he says in the book is like the music is in you and the instrument is literally just a an instrument to express the music inside you and so he's saying in the book like you can play any instrument you can play anything you want. He's like, but I don't know how. He's like, you don't need to know how. You just need to know know the music inside you. Mm-hmm. And so that's been the really fun journey of music production and sometimes overwhelming because there's so many options. It's like, how do I express this idea? And you can get lost in it, but I really love the... Um, the Timbaland kind of technique where you you have a beat or a song and then you just get on the mic and you listen for what's next. Like, what are you hearing in your head? And then you sing that as best you can. It might be a bass line or a beat or a, you know, a melody, but then you just sing that as best you can into the mic. And then you take that audio track and you translate it to MIDI or you might record a guitar or, whatever, but you get the purity of that idea that lives in your head out before it, because as you know, they can come and then just like fly away and you're like, "Ah, like, where did it go? That's a really cool technique. I hadn't heard that before. A lot of fun. It's really useful for um, just sort of staying in the creative flow because you can just like record a bunch of those in a row. And then because translating the idea can get into like, the slower, you know, oh, that's not the right sound. Right. Needs a little bit of this or that. And so just keeping the creative energy going. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mostly just actually do that with my voice. So, right. Because that's mostly what I record. But uh-huh. I'd never thought of, um, well, I guess I had thought about translating that to instruments, but I never thought of that as like a production technique. That's, yeah. Really do you produce your own music as well? So I produce, but I don't engineer. I don't like, um, uh, well, I guess I do engineer my, my voice because I have to record my voice. But um, right. I, yeah, I'd like to learn more about mixing my voice because um, mm. I've been wanting to do some like acapella type tracks. Nice, um, yeah. So I'm going to start experimenting with that a little bit. But no, mostly I've been, I've just been really blessed to have people who know what they're doing. <laughs> I love production. Like I love to go, no, like, like play this, play, you know, more of this or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of like that, like 
ear for like, oh, it needs to increase at like the, you know, 10 right like like i don't i don't hear that yet so, right yeah. yeah yeah and so much is like of the my my friend eric nez is a amazing airbrush painter and we had some just great like conversations about the ways in which visual art and music are similar and different mm -hmm. and um oh shoot I went too far off on a tangent and I forgot what I was going to say. Um, what were you saying before? Painter, oh, like getting really precise about like the hertz that should get bumped up or. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he talked about the the gap between your taste and your skill mm -hmm. and how that's, for a lot of beginners, it's like there's and for even me still, I'm still closing that gap between my skill and what I want it to sound like, or what I hear in my head of what it could be. Mm -hmm. And so much of closing that gap is like the trial and error of like, I think to take your example, like if I boost that little thing by 10, 10 dBs, it will bring out that more. Or I think this sound will work, this baseline will work on this. And you really don't know until you hear it in context yeah, with yeah. track and other elements and and sometimes it could work if it was just a little lower or if you filtered out just the high end and and it's just so much experimentation to actually know like what what does that sound actually need and what is the song as an entity really wanting to become and kind of stewarding that that yeah i just had this realization actually that my background in all this is from an electronic music perspective. That was the only um, composition major that they had where I went. <gasps> and so that's what I chose. And I didn't really know that much about it, but I got to interact with a ton of equipment and like record and like around sound and like do all these cool things, but it was all meant to sound very experimental. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of my background. And so I haven't had a lot of confidence in making something sound like commercial myself. Mm -hmm. So I kind of rely on other people, but um, mm -hmm. I suppose, I mean, yeah, crap, like trial and error. That's yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And experimentation was bleeps and bloops and yeah, bad, like obnoxious, bad sounding like <laughs> things just for fun. It's really important to like, like the whole improv versus uh, like curated and, and refined and, you know, writing a song line by line or just like, it's really important that we have both of those I've found in my journey. Like I just had a, a great little improv session this morning with someone here in Boulder. We're planning an improv workshop coming up for anyone who, in Boulder who's tuning in yeah, um that? that is let me see uh two weeks today actually march 21st um we're not sure exactly of the venue but we'll post it on the one boulder app okay well and, this will be uh, out on oh on saint patrick's day happy saint patrick's day okay. everyone um, yeah <laughs> so yeah people will still have time to sign up for that <laughs> sorry so you're you're collaborating with this with this guy yeah so we were doing some improv and i hadn't done it in a while and i realized like how essential it is for me to just allow myself to sing 
to make sound to like uh you know talk or sing about like how i'm feeling in my body and it doesn't have to be poetic or it doesn't have to be anything it just like expands in in some strange way but like my 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 overall self-acceptance it's just like i can accept how i am and and my voice and how i feel because i'm i'm singing it and i'm letting myself sing how i feel and how i want to sing it is in this weird way it's just oh, so I'm like buzzing right now that gave me oh my gosh that is so yes that is so powerful um i've been really like noticing how when you feel you know when you really feel i mean i've been talking about this for such a long time but like mm. really feel what you're feeling i had this mm. experience today where it just shifted like and i was mm. like wait a second where did that go and it was so cool but i'm imagining i'm like singing it that's right. brilliant yeah of course of course yeah wow, and often that. often when we're singing especially with other people the thing that's most on top is like i feel shy i don't i feel afraid to sing i don't know how to do this right and like all this like crunchy like constricting expectation that i should be feeling a certain way and i should be doing this singing thing in a certain way yeah. and it's like the practice is really i've come to relate to it as like it's meditation but it's like vocalizing what you're noticing and but it's the same sort of oh, result so cool. that you just accept and allow but then you're singing it at the same time. So it's very alchemized observation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Wow, that's a great note to end on, I think. <laughs> um, do you want to <laughs> tell everyone what, um, where they can find you? And I'll have all this linked mm. in the show notes so that people can easily click on it yeah maybe i'll put um like my link tree which links to a bunch of offerings i do music production uh coaching and training where you know we'll take a song either that i've done or that you're working on and we'll just go into it and we'll create while we're learning and it's a really fun way to to not only like create something and and I can share what I would do, but and yeah. learn new functions and stuff like that. So I, I love doing that. Um, and it has all my links to my new releases. I've got a couple remixes out, one with Heather Christie that I'm really, um, that came out a, a few weeks ago that I really love. And um, then this present moment song that just came out uh, last week that, is yeah i'm stoked about that yeah definitely go listen to present moment immediately it's so good <laughs> and thank you so much uh theo for for doing this with me um yeah do you have any are, are you feeling complete or do you have anything you wanted to share before we close i feel complete also last thing is like i love producing other artists so if you're an artist listening to this and you're looking for someone to like bring your music to life 
um, please reach out to me. I'd love to work with you and and see what we can create together. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, y'all. Please like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever the platform you listen to podcasts on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes. That really helps. Also, there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast in a way that benefits you and us. So please check those out. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.